All right, welcome to Direct Input Podcast. Welcome. How are you? This is Thursday, February 11th in the year 2016, and we are with a fucking bona fide, legendary, motherfucking stud of a fucking guitar player over here, this cocksucker. Look at him fucking trying to laugh it up. One the- I don't know about guitar player, but I'm definitely a stud. <laughs> you won the last of the dying breed. You won the last real fucking rock and rollers, in my opinion. Mr. Josh Martin is here. The longest tenured guitar player in the history of anal cunt, as well as fucking Adolf Satan, fucking fuckface, nowadays fuckface. And uh, also you do fuck, and you also did fuck. No, nah, f- fuck's, fuck's over. Yeah, you did mm, fuck? You did fuck. Might, might, might. It's up to Jeff be a reunion on Halloween. That would be... I never got to see it, though. That's the thing. I've heard the you tale. You never saw fuck? No. no. You weren't at any of those most Isley shows? No. Oh, all right. I was gone. I don't know where the fuck I was. Well, you know what we were about, right? The kiss covers. And, yeah. yeah. But you guys did everything up until, like, Dynasty era? We did. I heard that you guys did Magic Touch. Yeah. Yeah, we did once, and we fucked it up. Uh, <laughs> so we didn't. We only practiced like once or twice a month. So it was hard to do all the non-obvious songs, you know. Like, practice when you know I was living in Providence, and the other, you know, Jeff and Josh were living way up there. And we practiced in Boston. And it, was, it was impossible to get all three of us in a room at the same. time. you know, I was still in AC, and Jeff was doing a grief reunion, and we were always yeah. on tour and shit. And, or no, he was in Mourn. And, Oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're a busy band, you know. Well, fucking, but that's Kiss. I mean, that's your bread and butter. Was that like the first ever concert you saw? I First concert I ever saw was Kiss on the Lick It Up tour with Vinnie Vincent at Radio City Music Hall with the uh, Accept opening. <laughs> Balls to the Wall tour. I was 10. Oh, shit. I got into Kiss about first grade, and my mom, would always, she always promised me that She'd take me to a Kiss concert if they ever came through. And I was too young to know that the early 80s, Kiss was in a total slump and weren't touring anymore. (laughs) I I was six. I didn't know that. So finally, um, this kid on my school bus route, his dad worked for Polygram. And he told me Kiss was coming to Radio City Music Hall. So as soon as I got home from school that day, I was like, Mom! (laughs) Kicked the door open. That was a fucked up part, right? She was sick in bed with the flu or some shit, and it was her birthday. (laughs) And she offered to drive me to New York City to get tickets, and... I was the one with the idea. I was like, hey, mom, can't you just get them over the phone? You know, you know, back then the phone was like the internet now. It's a brand new thing. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, fucking wrote a day. At least buying tickets over the phone. Yep. So she called them up, got tickets, man. It was awesome. Was I saw Vinnie Vincent. Did you paint a fucking onk in your face? Uh, no, this is post makeup. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, there is way. Well, the I'll kid, the kid yeah. whose dad that worked for Polygram, he told me he got backstage and his, his big story was, "Dude, I saw Eric Carr's ass." <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in, yeah, I was in fifth grade. That was funny at the time. Now I kind of realize the overtones. Did you ever fucking get down on Vinnie Vincent's Invasion? Uh, I bought the first album when it came out because at the time I would buy anything that had anything to do with Kiss. Didn't really like it too much at all really actually i thought it sucked um but i remember when the second record came out uh ironically i never bought it but the i remember what was that song ashes to ashes that that wasn't bad it was way better than anything on the first album first album was just like Vinny jerking off all over his guitar with shitty songwriting (laughs) backing it up you know the second album they learned how to write songs but 
I guess Vinny's a fucking nutbag, so the other guys ditched him and formed Slaughter, right? I don't know how that whole thing went. I thought Vinny just got arrested for something or some sort of weird thing. Oh, no, that was that was way him. later. No, yeah. I'm, I'm talking back in the 80s. Like, uh, Mark Slaughter and um and uh, the bass player. What was his name? That, that guy everybody hates. Um, Dana Strum. Yeah, they ditched Vinny and started Slaughter and, you know, made a fucking shitty but platinum record. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, I didn't expect this interview to go here tonight. <laughs> no, it's fucking, you know, that's how it goes, you know? Fucking, you know? Fucking ain't no Canadian slaughter. Dude, though. I could talk about Kiss shit all day. I know man. you could. <laughs> Who's cooler than fucking Ace Freely? Who's cooler than Ace Freely? That's still alive? Keith Richards, yeah. I guess. Just because he's still alive. Right, right. Uh, I saw Ace last year, actually, at, at a fucking fair. <laughs> Uh, oh, the Western Mass thing, right? I went to that. Yes. Oh, shit. He played Boston and he played Providence, but I couldn't go on either of those dates. So we went to the Springfield show. Man, that was awesome. It's cow shit was smelling like <laughs> the reek of cow shit was the everywhere. E, Ace Frilly played the big E in Springfield. Ace Frilly played the big E. Got the carnivals going. Uh, got the hot dogs yes. and the... Yes. Uh, Oh I actually paid. I actually paid for reserved seats to get. I had fifth <laughs> row center. Awesome. It was, no, it was awesome. What? It was, he was. He fucking kicked out. It's on YouTube, man. Uh, Just go uh, check it out. He kicked ass. He was great. I had no regrets about going to that. Fucking. Here's a corny story. Right. Right next to me he was like a, a some dad who was. You know, I look at people who are dads as being way older than me. I forget how old I am. He's yeah. probably my age or younger, right? But he had his. <laughs> he had his two kids with him. You know, they're probably you know grade school kids, and like. One of, at the end of the show, one of them caught a drumstick, and it was like a, you know that stupid Detroit Rock City movie with that big scene where like Peter throws. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah it, right. It was like that, but at a Ace Frehley solo concert and stupid. <laughs> I was like, still, I was like, dude, that kid is. That's probably the first concert that kid's ever been to. He's gonna remember that for the rest of his fucking life. You know, I mean, that's pretty fucking cool. Uh, you know what? The next song. I caught the drumstick. No shit. <laughs> I never caught a drumstick in my fucking life, dude. I'm 42 years old. I finally catch the drumstick, and it's Ace Fraley's solo drum. <laughs> hey, and the Big E in Springfield. It's in the back of my car right now. Still, I never even bothered taking it out of the car. It's still in the car since September, dude. <laughs> oh, was he better than Mr. Apiece playing with Black Sabbath? Better than what? Mr. Apiece? Apiece? Where the fuck they call him? Okay. I can't well, fucking say that. I got mixed feelings on that one. Um... I seen Black Sabbath on a Dehumanizer tour, and they were fucking awesome. Right, right. It was the first time I ever saw Sabbath or Dio. Right, so I mean, they were, they were you, Geezer, Tony, Dio on the same stage. They were awesome, right? And Heaven and Hell, I thought was a great fucking record. Like, there's there's not a bad song on that whole album. Mob Rules. When I first heard it, I did not like the drumming at all you know i think over the years it's kind of grown on me but sabbath needs either bill ward or someone that can play just like bill ward Vinny, Vinny, how do you say his last name a piece apathy or whatever apathy yeah How, however the fuck you say you're not italian name. no fuck italian guys right. what do you know Vinny from <laughs> Vinny from dio nice. he's a great drummer in dio but sabbath yeah needs bill ward but i don't know live he pulled it off but i was never what but that's a, dehumanize a tour was like what 92 92 sometime? Yeah. fucking this is like a gilded age we you were going to school and uh, i was the 
I was restarting my freshman year in college after fucking it up the first time around. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you fuck it up the first time? Because <laughs> I'm a drug addict. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you go though? It was New York, uh, New NYU, York University. Yeah. yeah. What, what was the major over there all about? I ended up majoring in journalism because uh, I was flipping through the book of majors and it looked like the easiest one, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking journalists. <laughs> yeah, I never used it for anything, but you know, it was cool. I got to take some journalism classes. I wrote. Yeah, I took a class on writing. I wrote every every other every every article was either about anal cunt or Gigi Allen. Yeah, my, no my shit. teacher loved me, man. How many shows did you see Gigi play? Never. I never really? saw Gigi. Okay, here's a funny story, right? Um, the day Gigi died, or. I should say the same night as Gigi's final show. Yeah. Suffocation, stupid, dumbass, boring death metal band. <laughs> Back then, I was really into death metal. My boys. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they're nice guys. Um. Anyway, I, I liked them back then. Yeah. So I went to see Suffocation when uh, Dismember and Vader were opening. I was really oh, there to see Vader. I, I liked that first Vader album. Ultimate Incantation. Anyhow, yeah. I'm walking... Um. I was home back in Connecticut for summer break, so I stayed at a buddy's house on Second Ave. Walking the next morning, and I'm walking in the subway, and I see a flyer on a phone pole: "GG Allen concert at the gas station." Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh fuck yeah! Finally, I'll get to see GG." And then I look at the date, and I'm like, "Oh fuck! It was last night. <laughs> I should have. Oh. Uh, if only I'd known." So I make it home back to Connecticut, blah, blah, blah. Next morning, I wake up and I see the headlines in the newspaper. He's dead. So No shit. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Suffocation. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd they play that? Where'd that uh, that was at the like. Grand uh, in the 80s. It was the Cat Club. Uh, Most people probably know it as the Cat Club. The Grand didn't last very long. What, yeah. what was the best club, though, for metal shows back then? You hear these stories about the Ritz or whatever. Well, then... okay. So my being in New York was like first half of the 90s. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um... The Ritz was awesome. The Ritz closed down in like 93. Okay. I saw some really good shows there. Um, Limelight had Rock and Roll Church every Sunday, which was usually metal. There was a lot of good shows there. Lamore. Uh, my buddy Tom Pasquale used to book shows at Wetlands a lot. That was fucking kick-ass shows. Oh, shit. Um, and, you know, and then the bigger shows, Roseland, the Academy, and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. Oh shit! Did you see Carnivore back then, or did you go? Right, or was I that just more typo? No, I saw. I saw. I went to uh, starting in '94. Carnivore started doing reunion gigs again, and I went to every single one that I possibly could. I, I saw every single one in New York City, you know, like in '94 and '95 at least. Um, there were. I mean. Carnivore is my favorite band in the world. Let me preface that so you know where I'm coming from. Can I hit that, please? Yeah, sure. Um, they played their first gig in um, February of 94 at Lemoore with Sheer Terror opening. Awesome. Uh, Sheer Terror was playing Ross coming up on At April. the time, I thought Carnivore was awesome just because I'd never seen Carnivore before. And a few months later, they played a show at the Grand and then I saw what Cornwall could really do. And it, then I knew what a bad 
the difference between a bad and a good carnivore show is like oh shit and like i mean even when they're bad it's still cool because you get to hear the songs but when they're good it's just like unfucking believable like the 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 last show they played that year man they did just out of nowhere they came out and they covered electric funeral the whole song it was fucking amazing oh shit yeah it, 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 they yeah <laughs> uh Saw them um, 95. They played a couple of gigs. They actually came to Providence in 95. No kidding. Really. Uh, I didn't go for stupid reasons. Uh, but then the last time I saw them, or last time I saw them with the old lineup anyway, uh, they did a few. Sh- in 96, they played the Milwaukee Metal Fest. Uh, they played in New York, but I wasn't living in New York anymore. But we were on like a little mini tour. It was supposed to be a f- my first full tour and our booking agent had a nervous breakdown and <laughs> disappeared so we salvaged like the handful of shows that she booked and turned and we had some we had some fr- we had a friend uh brian sakula you know do you know brian i don't know Oh, thanks. Uh, so. Our friend Brian Sakula from Cleveland, uh, he produced the first Nunslaughter album. He's, he's been in tons of bands. Anywho, he let us. He 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 hooked us up on some opening act gigs at the last minute, including opening for Carnivore in Cleveland after they played the Metal Fest. Fucking badass! Uh, that was cool. That was the last time uh, I saw the old school Carnivore lineup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they had a lot of Stringer reunion shows back in... Uh, From between 94 and 96, they did a bunch of shows, and then there was nothing until Pete came out with a new lineup. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, how many... You obviously, like... You told me one thing, though, about Typo Negative actually always stuck with me, and you summed it up beautifully, was that uh, they're the perfect combination of Black Sabbath and the Beatles. And yeah. fucking... I don't know. I've never heard. No, I can't say that about any other band. But uh, I mean, I, I don't. To me, that's pretty obvious. I mean, that's yeah. definitely what he was going for. You know. Right. But you also brought up a really fucking fascinating point about fucking October Rust, where you said it was their cocaine album, and you you very insistent on that, that the writing on that's fucking stagnant because it's just you know kind of inherent with like writing while you're on cocaine. He would have told if he, if he was still around. Um, uh, I I definitely read interviews with him saying that. Um. But in my personal opinion, I think it's obvious. I mean, A, look at the next album and what it was all about, obviously. Yeah. And and I don't even see I I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm like I feel like a hypocrite saying bad things about drugs because of, you know, I never touched drugs in my life or anything. But uh, <laughs> what happened the last time you met with Pete? Well, last time I saw Pete was um Well, last time I saw Pete was last time we opened for Carnivore. Uh, it's probably about eight years ago. Um, I didn't really see much that night. We were, the, the time I really hung out with him with, uh, a, a couple months before that, we played a show with Hyrax at North Six yeah, in yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hyrax had a good run coming back there. Fucking obviously. Well, Seth it was, was supposed to be a fucking whole tour with AC and Hyrax mm-hmm. and Caton who's an awesome person, um, he got all uppity about the sound systems that were available at some of the clubs that uh, our our booking agent, we shared a booking agent, had, had booked. Right. So Hyrax just canceled half the shows right off the rip. No shit. And so we were like looking at the schedule now. I'm like, well, shit. 
you know, like some of these shows, if they're not playing, we're not playing either, and blah blah blah. And anyway, long story short, there was only one gig that both of us played. We played some shows without them. They played some shows without us. There was a couple of cities that got completely fucked, but Brooklyn was the only show that both bands showed up to. And that was a big, long preface to, uh, for some reason, I don't know why, Peter Steele was at the Anal Cut Hyrax gig. Yep. And we uh, I, we went to, you know, this is back the uh, when the old Duffs, when Duffs used to be around a corner from North Six. So we went over there, and um, Pete was... Pete was like surrounded by girls drinking, you know, in, in the pat back patio. Do you remember the old Duffs at all? I never got that. I still haven't even been to the fucking new one yet. All right. Well, the old, yeah, the new one doesn't have a patio. Yeah. The, the old Duffs. So anyway, so fucking, um, I just go sit near him because like, like I don't know, man. The Carnival has been my favorite band since high school. So I just went and sat near him and I'm sitting there. And he starts, he's like, hey, what the fuck's wrong with you? And I'm like, what? And he's like, dude, you just played an amazing fucking gig. Why Why are you so depressed, dude? You should be happy and blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. And I'm just like, so I, I told him I was um feeling a little under the weather. <laughs> and uh, he could relate. And we had a good conversation. It was cool, man. He fucking, we talked for hours. He totally blew the chicks off he was with. Um, I don't know. I was, I, it, it's cool when you, usually you meet someone that you, that influenced you, your, your, your hero, your worship, whatever, and they turn out to be douchebags. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was fucking awesome, man. I, that was cool, man. Hell yeah, man. So I was, I was, I was psyched, dude. You know, Seth wasn't a fan, but even he saw what was going on. He was like, eh, you know, Seth, you know, poor Mike Mahan offered to drive us to the gig. At the time, none of us had driver's licenses. <laughs> and my, the sun started, Duff's is a cool bar. They never right. closed, right? So the sun came up. So, you know, finally, poor Mike is like, guys, if we're going to go, I got to go. And like, <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, we exchanged phone numbers even. And two months later, I got a call. I wish I wish I could have saved that voicemail. My phone didn't work like that. But uh, uh, do you guys want to open for us? You know, we're doing a carnival reunion. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I want to. Because AC had opened for carnival. Well, I already mentioned once. But even before that, they'd opened for him before I was in the band. But, uh, oh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. actually, yeah, I'd already opened for him once, but yeah, I thought I was, yeah, fuck yeah, I went open for fucking carnivore. Of course I do. So honestly, though, like, what's it like fucking uh, auditioning for anal cunt? I mean, with what nineteen ninety six, you've you've uh, grown up and well, seen them and all this 95, shit. Ninety really. five. Okay. Um. Man, how, okay, so. Technically, my first audition for Anal Cunt was way before Seth ever asked me to be an Anal Cunt, right? So back in, like, uh, Everyone Should Be Killed era, uh, they either, whether it was just Seth or whether it was a whole band, whenever they, they used to play New York a lot back then, so they'd always stay at my apartment. Seth used to bribe my roommate with a 40 to sleep on his bed, and my roommate would sleep on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, all it took was a 40. <laughs> 
Seth liked it too. <laughs> <laughs> Cheaper than a fucking hostel. <laughs> so yeah. So one time I don't know. I had a I had a fucking shitty guitar. Well, not a. Anyway, yeah, I had a guitar, a shitty amp, and uh, one day I'm like, "Hey, Seth, you know, if by any chance you ever need a guitar player?" You know, at this point, there was no need for him to need a guitar player. I was, yeah, I, I can make some noise, and he's like, "Really? All right, well, play as fast as you can." And at at the time, you know, I'm a stupid little kid. I had no idea what that meant, and he was talking about my picking hand, and I thought he meant my other hand. So I'm picking slow as fuck, but like changing chords wicked fast and <laughs> not realizing I'm doing it totally wrong and fucking so he's just like ah dude you suck and I, <laughs> well, like, and then I realized what he meant and I'm like ah oh, wait, wait 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 give me another chance and he's like yeah, blah, 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 blah. yeah. anyway at, at, at the time he wasn't looking for anybody so uh a few months later, he actually was looking for somebody because uh, John Kozik was leaving the band. And um, long story short, it came down to between me and Scott Hull. And I was still in college in New York and I was a senior. And there was no way I was going to drop out that close to a diploma. Right. So I was like, dude, man, I, I'd kill to be in your band, but dude, you got to wait for me to graduate, man. I only need like nine months. Meanwhile, he had like three tours booked. So yeah. Scott got the gig, but as soon as they recorded the record, 40 more, 40 um, more reasons to hate us. 40 more reasons to hate us. Scott said, I can't tour. <laughs> so, uh, and they already had a tour completely booked. Oh, Seth must have loved that. So Seth kicked Scott out of the band. Got he got John Kozik back temporarily just to do the tour with I Hate God. And as soon as that tour was over, I started coming up and started practicing with Seth. I remember that Seth. I was actually at what turned out to be Scott Hull's last gig with AC, and it was at, at Amherst College. Really? Yeah, and or, well, some uh, college in Amherst. Prob- I should say. Well, there was uh, like Amherst. It was like- Hampshire College. It was Hampshire College in Amherst. Okay. okay. So, and back then, I used to go to every AC show I possibly could. I must just, you know, I met Seth in early '94, and be- between that point and the time I joined the band, I, I saw AC at least twenty-five times. You're not exaggerating. So, but that one show, right? I didn't know it was going to be Scott's last show. So I, you know, the opening band sucked, boring as shit. So I, I brought my girlfriend out to the car to, um, well, to fuck. We can say whatever we want, right? Yeah. So we, me and my girlfriend go out to the car to fuck. And we both were so drunk and we're done fucking, we just passed out. <laughs> and the American I, way. I woke up, I woke up like however long later, you know. Seth's knocking on the window. So my girlfriend and I at the time, my girlfriend at the time and I wake up. Oh, are you guys about to go on? He's like, no, dude, you missed everything. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, hey, Josh, um, 
as soon as we're done recording a new album, I'm kicking Scott out of the band. Do you want to play? And I'm like, fuck yeah! <laughs> like, That's so, awesome. So I, I jumped out of the car. Like, fuck you, girlfriend. You, know? <laughs> you got laid and then you got paid. Well, I mean, it, was, it wasn't like that. I mean, she was my actual girlfriend. <laughs> it wasn't like some Immediately? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> So there was no, like, Scott Hulk giving you tabs and no, like, fucking, let's jam it out, man. I'll show you how it is. <laughs> no, no. No, tabs. No. Well, Scott, only, Scott was only a band for a couple months. I mean, it yeah. wasn't like, you know, I mean, if anyone would have done something like that, it would have been Kozik, but, but that never happened either. You know? yeah, yeah. I, I picture him handing a metronome track or something. Right? <laughs> right. A couple scratches. He said tabs. <laughs> Scott was literally in the band for, like, three months. No shit. Yeah, sure. Oh, man. It's, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember. If we, I don't have the CD. I don't even remember who what uh, who who. Uh, hey, tongue twister. Who wrote what anymore? So fucking. You I got. I think we played a couple, at least one of Scott's songs when I first joined. I, th- I think he wrote Phyllis as an old annoying cunt. <laughs> we used to play that back in the old days. So fucking the first thing that you do though was uh. I'm just trying to pull up. You have so much fucking shit that you did with these guys. I like it when you die. And then what what came first, though, was the fucking it could, it, uh, Picnic of Love or It Just Gets Worse that came first? Oh, Picnic of Love was way before It Just Gets Worse. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. That was um, the second thing you did actually, with Actually, the first thing I did, the very first thing I ever recorded with Seth was um the Picnic of Love demo. Which we paid for ourselves. We went on halvesies on it. And yeah, I was still in college. And yeah, we went to some $10 an hour studio in, uh, I don't know, bumfuck Connecticut. Um, that was technically my first AC recorder, which nobody, I don't even have it anymore. I lost all my old shit. So I've been to jail so Fuck. many times. I lost everything I own. You know, I mean, who cares? But yeah, that was my first recording. But my first real recording was. Um, a, for a comp, do, do you know you know Devour Records? No. Or remember Devour? Yeah, you're probably too young. Anyway, uh, fucking young pup over here. Yeah, Sue Devour, man. He's a Japanese dude, one of Seth's best friends. He used to live in Boston, and he had a record label. He put out old stuff, part two, the oh, okay, the, the stuff with all the Fred era stuff on it. Okay, you know that that guy. He he was gonna put out a compilation of all Boston bands and it was supposed to be called Hurts Like a Motherfucker and it was all going to be the most brutal Boston bands you know at the time it was like 96 and we recorded like and Yas paid for it we recorded like six songs and the fucking thing never came out <laughs> so oh, shit so we re-recorded most of the songs for a Like It When You Die. But anyway, that comp was my first time in a real studio with any band ever, really. Yeah, so, Picnic of Love's a fucking genius. I saw you guys do that in Middle East. And uh, I think the old men played with that one, too. So, just band. Yeah, the, the show with like the Seth wearing a pink <laughs> scarf. And... <laughs> but you were up there like Neil Young. Fucking, that shit sounds like uh, Neil Young. You know what pissed me off was I booked that as an Adolf Satan show and you know I asked the old men if they wanted to play and, and there was another band who I can't recall off the top of my head that played too and I booked a fourth band to open and they cancelled don't remember who it was 
so I'm just like running through my head and I'm like, man, who, who can draw anybody? This was like, you know, just, you know, two or three months after Seth came out of his coma. Right. And so I, I just called Seth up and I'm like, Hey man, you want to do a picnic of love gig? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, all right. So I'm like, all right. Uh, so I booked us to open. You know, thinking no one would give a shit. You know, I I, just, I, I was doing it as a goof. I, you know, because this back when Shred used to book the Middle East. So I was just, yeah, yeah, yeah Shred. I'll think this is funny. But <laughs> anyway, when me and Seth did that, we played first. The place was fucking jam packed, and there's pictures online to prove that. Everybody left after me and Seth did that stupid picnic of love shit. Yeah. Old men played in front of nobody. Adolf Satan played in front of nobody. The other band that I can't remember their name played in front of nobody. Everyone was there for Picnic of Love. And I'm stupid <laughs> me. I booked the show, booked us first, because I didn't think anyone would care. Just <laughs> <laughs> fucking sold out. <laughs> I, I'm a fucking moron. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, oh, no. Now I remember. the. It wasn't a stupid opening band. The headliner. I booked PTL Club as a headliner. Oh, that's right. And I Those promised them... I, I promised them uh, something. I don't remember exactly what, but I, I gave them whatever I promised them, and that left five bucks per band for the rest of the band. And <laughs> so I was like, hey, Seth, uh, yeah, we drew everybody tonight, but uh, here's five bucks. <laughs> so I, yeah, I mean, how does that look, right? I'm the promoter, so like it looks like I'm like, nah, dude, I gave PTL Club all the money, but he'd done the same thing before. Sure you did. Him. Yeah, he he was a huge PTL Club fan, and they're a great band, but they don't draw shit. <laughs> That's Robin. <laughs> well, after that, though, fucking Jesus Christ, I'm just trying to pull this all up again. When did you go to jail, though? Then what the fuck started happening? Well, the first time you started fucking up. I mean, was that no? That was just after. Uh, I mean, because you do, it just gets worse in '99. Which let's just pull well, up. It came out in ninety nine. Once you recorded it in ninety eight. All right. Eric took over a year to get that thing out after we gave it to him. Do you miss working with um Eric or any know. major uh, record label? No. Well, I miss I miss other people paying for our studio time with no questions asked. Yeah, I miss that. But uh, do I miss um not getting you know royalty statements? No, I don't really miss that. You know. I mean, <laughs> All I know is when we left Eric, we were in the black. And oh, sure. We haven't seen a world. And I've asked other former Eric bands, and they've all said the same thing. Within a year or two after you leave an Eric, you're never seeing a statement again, no matter how much you sell. No shit. So fucking, wow. I mean, unless you got, <laughs> unless you got lawyers Damn. or some shit, but bands like us, you know, you're just fucked. I asked Kevin Sharp. He's told me the same thing. Like, you yeah. just fucked. Like, what are they up to now? I think he's doing like a new band. I don't even know, man. I Brutal Truth did get... I saw Brutal Truth and they got back together and then I heard they were breaking up again and... Yeah. I saw we, him... In, we played with them a couple times, I actually. saw him in Providence with, with, with Drop Dead and Nazem like a few years ago. That was yeah. the last I heard of him. I don't know, man. Kevin Sharp, he actually gave me a hug on like from the stage and... 
I, mean, I like the guy, but man, did he need to shower? <laughs> he, he, he brings nothing on tour. He just got that one little. And if blood, Tim Morris is listening there, to this, you're probably gonna laugh because I'm probably think I'm being hypocritical. But man, you never smelled Kevin Sharp before. Holy Who's, uh, who was the fuck. worst smelling person you ever toured with? <laughs> probably me. <laughs> ever toured with? <laughs> I mean, we didn't really tour with anybody. Uh. You know, I mean, even when there was an opening band that some booking agent stuck us with, we didn't. Well, not every. Occasionally, there was a band that we'd get along with, but for the most part, we had nothing to do with the. We we just did our own thing, and if the other guys showed up. They showed up. We didn't give a shit. You know. Does uh does Phil Amsano smell like white wine? I haven't seen Phil in a long time. Um. Honestly, <laughs> knowing Phil, like from what I've met of him, and I get the white wine joke because uh, that definitely seems like his sense of humor. Yeah, <laughs> but um, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> you told me once though that fucking like uh, you guys like hanging out somewhere or whatever, and like fucking like Seth whispered fucking to his ear like goodbye. Just like in the fucking end of that fucking. Oh power no, no, no! That was a show. we were. This is uh, on my the first real tour I did with AC, like in '96. So I I didn't play on Forty More Reasons, but I I did all the touring for it, and um, we had a day off in Indiana, and Pantera was playing in Fort Wayne, so we went to the show. You know, we just showed up like. Like, hey, blah, 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 we're, you know, can you get us backstage and blah, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm in a band. Oh, you're in a band, too. Yeah, well, yeah we're all in bands. Let's hang out. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Anyway, so we're on Pantera's <laughs> tour bus. And we actually we actually worked this out beforehand. We're that much of dicks, right? So, Because <laughs> someone earlier in our tour, someone in Texas uh, gave Seth a poster of Power metal era Pantera, okay. like full wall poster, like, like the size oh. of your tape case right there, right? Okay, Pow, the, that's a good eight foot you, wall. That's a good know, size with, poster. With Phil doing the Paul Stanley kissing face <laughs> thing and the big hair, you know. And, and so we're just like, oh my god, you know? Isn't just, it like pink? I can't wait to run into Pantera. <laughs> Seth has this poster. Oh fuck, it's gonna be awesome, you know? So. Yo, yada yada. Of course, uh, nature or whatever it is works it out. So we're in the same city as Pantera when we have a day off. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, long story short, I I mean, are you familiar with the Power Metal album? Yeah, I fucking love it. So you know that song. Yeah, of course. So we're we're hanging out on the bus. We're being cool and. All right, here's the funny thing. I remember Vinny Paul was playing Steely Dan on like, and he keeps he keeps looking over, even though we're not paying any attention. He he keeps looking at all, and then when we leave, he's he's like, uh, yeah, I bet you guys think I'm fucking lame for listening to Steely Dan." And I'm like, I'm like, "Nah, man, you know whatever." My brother really likes Steven Dan- Steely Steely. I almost said Stevie Nicks. My brother really likes <laughs> Steely Dan. And he he's like, "Yeah, yeah, my brother listens to that." And, uh, and I'm just. All right, whatever. So we all get in line, and we're like, okay, it's time to go. It's time to goodbye. Right in Phil's ear, right? It took him like three of us. I mean, there was me, Seth, and um, Nate, and, and Nate's girlfriend was a merch girl on that tour. So we were like, goodbye. 
<laughs> after about after about three of us, he finally got it, and he was like, he was like "Fuck you, man! That's how I make my living." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's kind of the point." Nah, he's he's a, he's a cool dude, man. But Let's yeah, see. I'm just, gonna tell your mom. I don't mom. like his music, but I like him. You know, and, that's how you make my living. That's like saying, "I'm telling your parents." <laughs> <laughs> oh, he said that to us so many times. Dude, that's how I make my living. That's how I make my living. We did not make it a secret that we did not like his music. You know? <laughs> I mean, right. Any any of Phil's, like, blotty blahs about Seth's death, you know, he says it right out. But, no, yeah. that's definitely true. We, there was no secret that we thought Pantera sucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did the cover of fucking uh, Great Southern Trunco that also does uh, the fucking... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the first track off of Power Battle. Fucking rock the world. Well, well, yeah. I mean, track. the Great Southern Trend Kill, right? That actually starts off the part Seth sings. It starts off really good. Yeah. Like, the first half of it is like, like an AC song. it's almost grindcore. Yeah. And then they go into this. Look, I, I like some bands that sound like Black Sabbath. I like Sleep. I like, um, uh, well, I like Sleep. <laughs> anyway. But they, you know what I mean. They got yeah. one of this dumb New Orleans, like, right? So we're like, fuck this shit. So we're just going to play Rock the World. That made sense to me. Let's do this thing in style. Like he says, going that fucking riff. It's great. Somewhere there's a picture of Seth holding a spoon with Phil's balls in it. <laughs> really? Huh. <laughs> Were they fucking tying one on or some shit? I don't know. My my girlfriend at the time took the picture. So I, I never actually saw it, but I know it exists. Well, when you were in the band, though, was there uh, another band that you had like the absolute like like biggest beef with? I mean, like the the whole drop that thing comes to mind. Fucking like, Dude, I, I don't know we what were, you guys. Are. I never, me personally, I didn't even know who the fuck Drop Dead was until. Well, that's not true. I knew who they were when I lived in New York. I, there was that band that never showed up to any shows that Thomas Squall booked. Yeah, there was that. <laughs> so, but uh, no, I don't. I don't give a fuck what some band's politics are. If you fucking rock, you fucking rock, right? I don't care. Yeah. Heil Hitler, or, like I'm a vegan, whatever. If your music's good, your music's good, you know. But like, fucking Drop Dead were cool. Like, um. I don't remember what show it was, but some night... I'm thinking the Met Cafe where fucking... My, yeah, I know where you're going. Hold on. <laughs> Back up. A few years before that... I never understood that. I seen the video. I don't know what show it was. There was some show at the Middle East. And uh, me and Seth were there, and we ran into at least some of the guys in Drop Dead. And you know that McDonald's across the street from the Middle East? Okay, yeah. Drop Dead went into the McDonald's and pretended that they were locked in and let us take pictures of them. You know that song, Lock and Drop Dead and McDonald's? They right. let us take pictures of them pretending they were locked into McDonald's. Right. Okay, so, like, hey, we're all friends. It's awesome. It's funny as shit, right? And then that night of that show, um, I remember some other shit happened, but I remember Seth going up to... What's the drummer's name? Is that Brian? I don't know. Whatever I, don't, the I drum, only know Ben. I, th- I think the drummer's... Whatever the drummer is, Seth wants... You know, Seth, he's like, hey, man, are we cool? There's no beef, right? And he's like, no, no, there's no beef. And, and we're all hanging out backstage. Like, everything's cool, right? Yeah. So AC goes on. And then there's some 
fucking annoying little faggot in the audience, right? And really got under Seth's fucking skin. And you've you just said you've seen the video. I've seen the 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 uh, Met Cafe one. So you're talking yeah, about the talking show about after? No, yeah, because you're talking about the, but the McDonald's is at Middle East, so you guys are cool. No, those are two totally yeah, separate two, two separate things. Yeah. So you peace out that night, and then you're playing down the Met well, Cafe. At the time of the McDonald's, there was nothing to peace out. We were always friends. Yeah. Yeah, there was never a problem really. But then fucking well, actually, somebody <laughs> called you guys a fucking. Uh, it's. I think Ben called you guys a Nazi or something like that in the video. Well, yeah, who's guys not a Nazi, Nazi according to Ben? I mean, <laughs> but fucking the entire fucking club basically attacks Anal Cunt while you guys are on stage. I own, no, 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 no. I have the VHS. That's one of the few videos I've. I've lost everything I own like a thousand times over the years. I've been to jail like four times. And I always lose everything I own. That video of that night, I still have. Oh, shit. <laughs> and there, no. Uh, basically, Seth went off on somebody in the crowd. And, you know, I wish I could... You know, I wish you could just, like, insert the video into the midst of this conversation. Do a whole fucking... Con- yeah. Basically, the whole thing's fucking stupid. Everybody got mad about nothing. Somebody acted like an asshole... So Seth acted like a bigger asshole. So Drop Dead decided to be even bigger assholes. And then they realized they were fucking with the rest of us. And it it, it just turned out in this big fight. And I don't know. Um, The singer. What's the singer dropped it? Bob? Is that Bob? Yeah, it's Bob. Yeah, Bob got arrested. Uh, which is um, ironic because usually it's us that get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> but once it wasn't us that got arrested. And... I'm assuming Bob got off, so like I, I I don't like anybody getting arrested, no matter what the reason is. Um, it was that, but then the hate breed fucking thing was enough. Were you well, in the band was, then? Oh hell yeah, I was. In the band. <laughs> that was I I wasn't there. We for didn't that even one. okay. Like, well, would, is, would you rather fight hate breed or, or drop that again? Would you like? I mean, who would you really fucking enjoy fighting? Which wait a minute? Do you mean which fight I think I'd win or which band I'd rather beat up? Which band would you rather beat up? Hate free. <laughs> I got no issues with Drop Dead, man. I like meat. They don't. Whatever. Who gives a shit? They're nice guys. I see Bob and Ben all the time at AS220. Then there's no beef there. Jamie from Hate Breed is a fucking thumbless little dumbass faggot MTV bastard that used to be. I grew up in Connecticut, dude. I remember Jasta14. You sucked. <laughs> Was that a screen name or something? No, it was Jast Jamie Jasta. Jasta14. That was his old dumb band when I was in oh, fucking no, sure. high school. Yeah, I don't know nothing about this. <laughs> I don't think I get the, the insult thumbless. Oh, he, he has no thumbs. What, I don't, I don't get it. Go online and Google it. He has no thumbs or he has one thumb. <laughs> oh, He's missing a thumb. I thought that was just like a, a way to insult him. He actually doesn't no, have he thumbs. he's actually missing a thumb. Like that's some new or insult two. I don't know I about. I forget if it's one ah, or you're, you're thumbless. He's a freak. Whichever way you... Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're, you actually meant he has no thumbs. Like, okay. <laughs> fucking fag. <laughs> Actually, he has was, no. Yeah, I'll fight oh, him. I'm a 42. He, actually, he's probably older than I am. So, so fucking, I mean, obviously, you guys, we're, we're back from another pee break here. Fucking, Anal Cunt has had numerous fucking brawl, on, uh, band-on-band brawls. Oh, right. And fucking, um, you yeah, know. Let's talk about the hate breed thing. Well, yeah, we have Drop Dead sticks out. Hate breed sticks, sticks out. And then there was uh, Chris Barnes, particularly, uh, I think, 
I don't know. You got to tell me where it started, but you know, there's the uh, there's the, the the famous situation down in Providence down there. I think that was at the living room where fucking Seth went to the fucking bus. And uh, uh, that was I wasn't in the band yet when that happened. That was when that was during the couple of months Scott was in the band. I, I can tell you what Seth told me. Uh, first of all, this was way before there was ever any beef between. AC or six feet under, whatever. This is before all that shit happened. This is just AC was uh, six feet under was on tour with Broken Hope, and AC was the local support. There's nothing more than that. Yeah. And um, okay, I'm just gonna say what Seth told me. So yeah, Seth told me that Scott Hall brought a video camera, and Seth, uh, excuse me, Scott Hall and Tim Morse were videotaping everything like a bunch of Hanks and tried to get on Six Feet Under's tour bus. And basically, uh, they acted like a bunch of dorks and embarrassed the shit out of Seth. Um, That's what Seth told me. I wasn't there. All I know is that's what Seth told me. So this was way before that whole six, that Six Feet Under beef happened like six months after that. I don't follow that at all. What the fuck happened? <laughs> like, they tried embarrassing Seth? Seth got offended? No, no, no. They didn't try to embarrass anybody. Scott Hall was brought a video camera, oh. thinking he'd be funny, videotaping everything, and tried to get on tour buses, and, and you know, just made an ass of himself. And Seth was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm in a band with this guy. Ah. You know, uh. <laughs> it was one of those things. Sorry, Scott. That's what he told me. I wasn't there. <laughs> So what happened with fucking Six Feet Under? Okay, that was <laughs> six months later. Okay. By that point, I was in the band. Uh, but we had no drummer. Tim was gone, and we had not found a replacement yet. And we were... We wanted to hit the road. We were desperate to find a replacement. So... We actually went to a fucking six feet under show just to hand out fly. You know, this is pre-internet. You know, you actually handed out flyers if you were looking for a musician back right. then. You know, right? So we went to the show to hand out flyers. Hey, you know, cunts looking for a new drummer, right? So anyway, we're down at the downstairs at the Rat and we're watching them. And we're like, wow, I I I don't I I don't speak for Seth, but me personally, I like Cannibal Corpse, especially the first four records. You yeah. know, and I, I I think Seth 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 told me he saw Cannibal Corpse on the Eaten Back to Life tours. Okay. I I know at least a little teeny tiny little part of him didn't hate Cannibal Corpse, right? So we're seeing Six Feet Under, and I was like, what the fuck? This is garbage. You know, this is the, uh, their first album tour. You know, uh, uh, um. anyway, we heckled the living fuck out of them. (laughs) Seth was way more vocal than I was. I mean, Seth was just uh, basically there was the the, the long and the short of it was the the, um, what's the word? The the tipping point for Chris Barnes. There was a moment of silence, you know, and, and Seth just goes. Ha ha! You got kicked out of Cannibal Corpse, <laughs> and that's when Chris Barnes lost it. So they played whatever their last song was, and as soon as they were done, Chris Barnes jumped out. Now, if you, if, 
if you've ever seen Chris Barnes, you know he's like three feet tall, right? He's like probably not even as tall as this mic stand right here. So, you know, he's just like, <laughs> you know, hey, what's your problem, asshole? You want to fight? You want to fight? Yeah. I wish this was on video. So Seth's like, yeah, yeah, let's go outside and fight. Awesome. And then all of a sudden, you know, like five of Chris's roadies just jump him, right? <laughs> and I know for a fact that Chris Barnes did not throw one punch because I did not see the roadies coming and I grabbed Barnes. And both of Barnes's wrists were in my... He did not throw one single punch. And he'll probably deny that, but I know for a fact that that's what happened. His roadies hit Seth, but you know what? Seth walked out of there with a bloody nose. Nothing, not a broken nose, a bloody nose. That was it. We went to the IHOP next door. We pretended to order food. Seth left a million bloody napkins all over the table, and we went home and forgot about it. So... <laughs> It was back when there was an IHOP down there. Yeah, yeah, dating myself. Anyway, whatever. Who cares? You know? Seth, Seth was a masochist. He used to force himself to listen to music that he hated. And uh, he did that so much with Six Feet Under, he actually legitimately turned into a Six Feet Under fan. <laughs> By accident. And I... I'm not even making that up. Ask anyone who was on that last tour. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking America the Brutal. <laughs> well, I mean, the last AC tour, I mean. <laughs> so, yeah, that was enough, but that was a great story. You know, honestly, we didn't even give a shit. I mean, eh, we got in a fight. Who cares? Whatever. Yeah. You know, a year and a half later, uh, I read some interview online, uh, you know, uh, I, and I'll never forget this quote and whoever wrote it deleted it because I can never find it again but I definitely saw this Chris Barnes says quote unquote I floored him floored <laughs> and like I know he didn't even throw a punch because I was grabbing both of his arms like his roadies were doing all the work you know no shit he's, he's a liar and he's full of shit floored him what does that mean like Floored him. Does that mean like He's took to him say down? Knocked him out. But like I, I know you didn't knock him out because I was holding you back myself personally. It was your roadies that did everything, and like, you didn't floor anybody. And if you had connected, you probably would have broken your wrist on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he said like taking a step towards that direction has floored him. Oh, I just floored Josh right now. Yeah, oh, I just floored Josh right now. Just moving. Might be floored to I don't know. I mean, who cares? You know, I mean, this, <laughs> it, it was worth so much publicity. We could have paid each other for it, you know. I mean, it's 60%. I don't know. Josh just clearly has better things to do than interview me right I'm now. I'm looking at the fucking Apparently, thing. Apparently, right? I'm trying to put the fucking track list on Defenders of the Hate. Damn, faux pas. Defenders of the Hate is my fucking favorite faux thing. Well, probably that you did. Honestly, me too. It's not yeah. fucking A. It's not fucking A. I love fucking A, but... Yeah. No, but I mean, Defenders the of the Hate shit, is fucking yeah. nasty, dude. It's like Howard Stern yeah, looking at everyone too. And it's well, fucking. I think it's overproduced, but I. No, no, I have it on seven inch. You also did the Ranchers Brothers split uh, around oh, that yeah. time too. I got that one over there too. Hey, I'm not pulling up the list. Hang on, a Buck's fucking patio. Buck, do you know Buck? No. Singer of the Ranchers Brothers. No, no, I never made any of those. Uh, what's his fucking? What's his stage name? Um. What's this singer of the Ranch Brothers' I have no fake fucking name? Idea. Whiskey, 
whiskey dick no not whiskey dick the other guy um no fucking clue. Well, you... That seven inch is fucking buried over there. My All right, well, staff. the singer of that seven inch. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a good dude, <laughs> <laughs> and he really is like that. But or I, ooh, I scratch that. He really was like that, and then he got a girlfriend. He finally found a girl that liked him. No I mean, shit. That was just like it was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> like oh my god, it's romantic. <laughs> It was so cute. <laughs> Bach, you'll probably hear this some one of these years. <laughs> you guys ended up going back to Europe for that around that. Well, it was like the 99 tour. I think you guys did Europe. Yeah, we did Europe in 99. Yeah. yeah. That was the first time I ever did Europe. Yeah. No shit. That, honestly, I mean, I'd have to think about it, but off the top of my head, I'd probably tell you that was the most fun I ever had on the road. And that's saying something because I had a lot of fucking fun on that. I didn't even get laid on that tour. That was probably still the most fun I ever had on the road. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a great tour, man. Yeah, fucking. Did you end up doing Japan too around that time? I did Japan on the I Like It When You Die tour. Um, I was I was supposed to go in '04 when they toured with Napalm Death and Pig Destroyer, but I went to jail. So I told Seth I couldn't do it, but here's the kicker, right? I actually got out of jail in time to do it. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. And I, uh, I was biggest regret of my life was telling Seth I couldn't do that tour. Yeah, well, everybody. You've has gone to, to jail it. like fucking what four times now, but uh, like, like you kind of jail, jail, yeah, about four times. Yeah. But what, I mean, that's uh, it's impressive. I mean, you, you know, you, you're keeping up, you know, your whole fucking whatever. But I mean, you've, you've you're not cutting your hair. And you still they keep, don't make you, know, you cut your hair in jail. At least not in Massachusetts. You're not dead. You know, I mean, like, what's, I mean, that's is the that Marines. like a thing? Like, I mean, I, I, I heard there's a couple of jails in New Hampshire that do make you cut your hair. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. I don't know how that's constitutional, but yeah, that's the rules. Yeah. Have you been locked up outside of fucking Mass? Yeah, I did. I did a bit in New Hampshire. Okay. Not, not one of the cut your hair jails, but yeah. yeah. But you never got bagged on the road or nothing like that. Oh hell no! Yeah, no, 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 no custom no, no, no. shakedowns. When, when that, they do, I no matter how fucked up I was on drugs, I always put the band first. I every time we went on tour, I cleaned up. Yeah, and I I'd either go you know with a supply of suboxone or uh, yeah, I I I didn't I didn't fuck around when it come to anal cunt man. That that yeah. band meant everything to me. Right. Cause fucking, I mean, that's I can't imagine having like a network of fucking junkies. I can't like, imagine, you know, yeah. How like how would you score? Look, in I hate town, to mention you know? names, but I don't think I'm spilling any secrets here. I don't. I can't imagine how a band like I Hate God tours, not knowing where they're gonna. Like I, I just can't imagine doing. You, you right. know how hard it is to cop in a city where you don't know anybody. Yeah, no kidding. Like that's no, but I mean, like a not just weed. I'm talking like a drug you need or you can't <laughs> function. I, I couldn't imagine touring like that. AC, man, no matter how fucked up on drugs I was, I, I always checked into detox before we toured so I could do it. You know? No shit. Always, always, always. I, I even showed up to practice dope sick as fuck just, just to fucking prove to set that I'm not a fucking shitbag like all these other fucking junkies that are in bands, you know? Like fucking... Do you think that fucking anal cunt like, kind of like saved your life and maybe kept you straight enough to fucking live? 
<laughs> no. As fucked up as that sounds, no. <laughs> no. So serious. <laughs> no. No, dude. If I was an anal kind of probably wouldn't have them drugs in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> but that's besides the point. Like um, That's so weird you mentioned. I didn't mean to cut you off. Like if you're gonna if you gotta do drugs and shit, you also have to be like organized to know like what towns and like w- dealers to deal with and locations, logistics. So that's exactly like, my point. Uh, event that's logistics, exactly right? Why I never attempted to do that. <laughs> right, right. I, Let alone go into a foreign get country. Clean and I'd get a prescription for this a box and a methadone or something. Whatever, right? I'd be like, I'm good. I'm right. good, man. Let's just go. I mean, don't get me wrong. There, there was a couple of shows. I mean, there was a couple of tours where the the first couple of shows were like, oh man, I remember this one tour in Baltimore, dude. One show, I should say, in Baltimore. And maybe CNN was right. You see that headline? You smoke pot, you forget words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is CNN. Right oh, yeah. Of course, I'm drinking too. Anyway, yeah, I'm just one show in Baltimore, right? Or like, I was good, right? It was like three shows into the tour, and I was good. And then all of a sudden, I wasn't good. Even though I had like a full script. I, Non-junkies listening to this are not going to understand any of this. Fucking, so we're actually playing, and I'm like, I'm just like dying on stage trying to get to. And there was a tranny in the audience, right? <laughs> and it was a really obvious tranny, you know. So, so some some guy yells at me like, "Hey, Josh, hey!" He knew I was sick, and he was like, "Hey, how how much dope would it?" Take you to fuck that, and he points to the tranny, and I'm just like, dude, <laughs> there ain't enough dope in Baltimore. And then at that point, I came out of it, man. Like, yeah, you just, you just need, no. yeah. Hey, how are you, the hun? Is that your broad? Yeah, it's my lady. Does she live here? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah all fired up man that's not an insult dude. <laughs> so but beyond that though fucking because you fucking uh start playing after fucking uh defenders of the hate and then pretty much you start doing anal well adolf satan and what 2003 well, four uh, well okay first of all i didn't stop playing seth broke the band up um at the end of 2001 seth decided to break the band up that was all him I, we were we were all set to go to Europe again in early '02, body bloody, and I'm not even gonna be in to guess Seth's reasoning, but he decided to break the band up, and so for about a year and a half there was no anal clint. So flash forward to '03, and uh, Seth comes over by by this point. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Like, when you're not in a band, after you're used to being in a band that does stuff all the time, and then all of a sudden you're not, hard drugs seem awesome all of a sudden, <laughs> you know? So, like, a year and a half goes by, and like we're both all fucked up, on, you know, independently of each other, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Anyway, so he ends up at my house someday, and I'm just, you know, I, I don't know who said what, but, you know, was, hey, let's get the band back together. Well, we did. And then I had to go to jail, because it turned out I was a bigger fuck-up than Seth was. So, <laughs> so I had to go to jail, so 
And on top of that, I was getting married, which was the stupidest thing I ever did in my life. So, <laughs> you know, because because it's fucked up, because like I said before, I, I actually got out of jail in time to do the tour, but I was also newly married. And that's what really fucked me up. And like I said, missing that one Japan tour was one of the biggest regrets of my life. No so, shit. Like, hey, hey, John Kozak got to do it, so more power to him. Yo, John Kozik's straight edge. Uh, uh, poor Nate had the toy with a straight edge guitar player. <sighs> he still yells at me about that. Dude, you left me with a fucking straight edge. <laughs> it sounds like a good cop, bad cop movie. <laughs> <laughs> you can make a sitcom out of that. Oh, I, mean, I don't want to talk bad about Kozik. He's awesome. But yeah, he is straight edge. So we're just... <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. You guys got to work together again, though, with Adolf Satan. I mean, and- me and Nate. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Well, after Seth broke up AC at the end of '01, the first time, this is back when John Gillis was still in the band. Um. You know, I was. Um. <laughs> anyway, I I I knew Larry and Cheese. Let's just put it that way, and um. We uh well none of us really had any bands. I mean Seth Seth had moved to Texas. Seth found um Seth moved in with a girl in Texas. And um so he was gone. So that means upset on cross needed a guitar player. That meant Anal Cunt was never getting back together. You know, but there was all this so we all just kind of joined forces, you know, me and Gillis and Larry Lifeless. Yeah, well, I was just like, hey, you know, let's just start a band. And basically, me and John Gillis were uh, g- gonna be the new lineup of Upset on Cross. But uh, we went to, no, I'd been hanging out with Cheese for a while. And um, you, did you know Cheese? You, I can't remember. I don't know. Who the yeah, fuck was that? Uh, uh, bass player kills. He, he's been dead for like 10 years. Uh-huh. Um yeah, anyway, so... I mean, the Weymouth scene was kind of a different thing. No, this was then, not you know? Weymouth. Right. This is not Weymouth. That was more That was more like kind of like what I was used to seeing when, uh, when John was around, uh, you know, Kavakian's Angels and such. Yeah. You know? No, so so anyway, so we... I'd, uh, I'd hung out with Cheese, and, you know, we did. We jammed, and... Anyway, the first time we were supposed to have a real full band practice, it was supposed to be like the new Upset on Cross, right? It's going to be Larry and Cheese plus two guys from Anal Cunt. And we get to the jam space in Worcester, you know, and Cheese is the only one with a key, and he's not there. So, you know, we're just like, <laughs> you know, checking our watches, waiting, and, you know, I mean, I know... I know what's going on. So I'm like, fuck this. Let's just go to Cheese's house and fucking find his ass. So we drive over to Cheese's house a couple towns over. And yeah, he's home. And he opened the door. And he's in no condition to play a musical instrument. And, um, you know, hypocrite that I am, I, I, I tell the other guys to wait while, you know, I get some of what Cheese is doing. Cause you know I suck like that. Um, and in the meantime, here's here's how much I really suck. Is I go back out to the car and I'm like, yeah, guys, this ain't gonna work with cheese. And 
that sounds like a shitty thing to say because it sounds like I'm a hypocrite. Hey, I'm Jim Leahy. Hypocrite. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like I'm a hypocrite, but um, nah, man. I mean, like some people can handle heroin and some people can't. You know what I mean? Some people can be in a band and be on heroin. Other people can't. And that was just the way it shook out. That's how Adolf Satan formed because I did not want to be in a band called upset on cross that didn't have cheese in it that that seemed false to me right and so you know because that that was the whole plan in the first place was me and me and john gillis be the new lineup of upset on cross because because seth was gone you know seth seth was actually the guitar player at what turned out to be their final show and seth had moved to texas so so they moved on to me and gillis I was like, I don't want to be in a bullshit one original member. Let's just start a brand new band. And that's what we did. And I'm like, well, all we need is a new bass player. And John Gillis was like, oh, I know I know this guy, Nick. You know, Nick Kevorkian. Right. So that's how Adolf Satan was born. I think it's a great story, actually. You know? I mean. What was it like working with Larry compared to fucking Seth? <laughs> <laughs> God. No comment. Um, <laughs> well, let's just put it this let's, way: touring. You worked for Seth. Well, worked with Seth at the end. It was about for fucking ten years. Uh, but then you worked with Larry Lifeless too, uh, while doing Adolf Satan. You did that one album, fucking. Um, yeah, you got a beer right there in front of you. Crack it. <laughs> so you're asking me what's the difference? Yeah, yeah. What's the Seth difference? And... I mean, fucking Larry Lifeless oh. is his fucking work of art in his own merit, and you know, and then um, you got fucking. Uh, you got Seth there. I mean, know? it's night and day, dude. I mean, <laughs> Seth was, um, believe it or not, uh, maybe perfectionist isn't the right word to use, but Seth was Seth needed everything to be on, you know, like, uh, hey, yeah, dude, you, you know, you fucked up that riff, you fucked up that one note in that riff, you, you gotta do a whole song over again, you know. Larry's a lot more laid back than that. Um, <laughs> let's put it that way. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, Seth. Anal Cunt was fucking Seth's band. You know, right? He, he was in charge. There's no question about that. Um. So that's he's the only person I ever dealt with that like, like, it's your band, dude. You know, like all my other bands, I've at least been half in charge. You know, so. Seth taught me a fucking lot, you know. Fucking, he taught me how to fucking make overdubs in the studio. You stupid like shit. Like I had to deal with fucking assholes on the road. Shit. I mean, yeah. Larry was cool as shit to be in a band with, you know. I mean, he, he, you know, you never knew what the fuck was gonna happen in practice when Larry <laughs> showed up, if he was gonna show. <laughs> you know, but I mean. I mean, as friends, they're both awesome. But if you talk about band stuff, I mean, Seth Seth taught me basically everything I fucking know about you know being in a professional band and how to deal right. with fucking straight people. You know, <laughs> if you don't mind, I gotta ask a question. Uh, did you feel like a hired gun in anal cunt or like a contributor? Oh hell no, no. I wouldn't. I don't. I don't even think I could have been in the band if I was just a hired gun. They would have had to have been a lot bigger than anal cunt. Um, 
Does Steph ever do that? There's... Well, I mean, like, it just seems like what you're saying, though, is, like, so fucking everything's going to be on. I don't know if he could just... Would he have, like... Would he pay somebody's session just to be like that? We didn't have any money, so... Uh, I mean, if, if Eric would have paid for... I mean, Eric paid for Seth to fly to New Orleans to be on the Pantera album. Right. And he actually got Eric to pay for Phil to fly to Boston to be on the AC album. Eric Dig paid for all that shit. Oh, shit. Um, but... As far as no man, me and Seth start writing songs together. I I actually have a few writing credits on um on Forty More Reasons to Hate Us, the album before I was in the band. There's like four songs that I I, I get a writing credit on. You know we we were already writing songs before. We, you know we'd just been friends. I mean, anal cunt. When when I was at NYU, uh, my my buddy Tom Pasquale used used to book anal cunt a lot at like wetlands and shit and i was in when i was in college i was an intern at eric so you know squall called me up he's like hey you work for eric hey you make let, let this band ale hunt stay at your house and i already knew who they were of course because i worked at eric I, I remember the day the office copies of everyone should be killed showed up and before that all i ever knew about anal cunt was like seeing kevin sharp wear an ac t-shirt right so and and, then, and honestly it doesn't even matter because before that they didn't have song titles anyway right so i remember reading like you know mtv is my source for new music when i think of true punk rock i think of nirvana and the melvins you know and i was just like holy shit this is my new favorite band i don't even care what they sound like you know so you know, flash forward a few months later and seth putnam staying at my house and uh Turns out we both enjoy. I don't know what the statute of limitations is. I'll just say we both enjoy breaking the law a lot. Um, <laughs> it was it was just like a match made in heaven, you know. Even like like m- several months before I was even in the band, we were already writing songs together, you know. And, I mean, just just look at the albums I play on, you know. I mean, look at the writing credits. I mean, it was. I don't think I'll ever find anyone. It sucks. I, I don't. I don't think I'll ever find anyone that I, that I could like be on the same wavelength like that ever again in my life. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, like, it's just like, <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> and then to take it out on the road and 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 then make stupid records like Picnic of Love and shit. You know what I mean, I mean. I just I don't think I'll ever meet anyone I could connect like that with ever again. You know, I mean, how, how do you meet someone that also thinks Picnic of Love is amazing that, that wants to make it? You know, I mean, like fucking uh, fucking A though was definitely uh, I think like I don't fucking I don't A. I love that record, man. It, it's the best thing you guys you ever did though. We, we tried to be Motley Crue, but uh, we're anal cunts, so it sounded like Venom. <laughs> That's awesome, though. <laughs> take that as a compliment. You know, is that on your Wikipedia page? <laughs> it should be. That's your description. <laughs> it's not. It should be. Like, what was it like getting back together with him though? After that, I mean, I, I do remember him. I got to tell you too, because well, first working... of all, we had already been back together for quite a while by that point. Um, I rejoined the band in 2006. So we'd already been back together for like three, four years when we recorded that. 
it was uh the big deal was it was you know cunt's finally coming out with a new album you know right because <laughs> uh yeah there was a lot of drugs in the meantime you know and the drugs are so hard drugs are so conducive to creativity you know you know when you're, when you're on like shitloads of cocaine you write great songs you know how it is so you know so we finally got it together and made a new album and then it was fucking awesome. So I don't know. Uh, some, part parts of me uh, think that's the best thing to come out. You know, I mean, he was fucking. He was in my store. I was working Newberry Comics, and, and and I caught. He packed like a jackass. He was like blocking the door. I had to ask him to the car, but he was in the D section. He was a great shopper for the records because he fucking literally picked. And I looked at and dude, what you would say about him being a Wait, masochist? What year was this? This is like fucking. It's post stroke. It's fucking. Oh it's, no wonder he couldn't park. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> two thousand eight. He was in handicap, and that's the thing, you know. But dude, he was in the D section, and he had the fucking. It Abba. wasn't a stroke. He by had the way. Abba. He had the fucking uh, the buck cherry in there. What the fuck? He was all about buck cherry there yeah. first. <laughs> the second buck cherry album is amazing. I was the one that fucking turned him on to it, man. That's a good record. The second one. Did you ever get to meet him? But who? Buck Cherry. Okay, Buck Cherry played the Paradise on that tour on the second record that I'm talking about in 2001. Yeah. And Seth was like, and this is way before the fucking coma, right? Seth was like, okay, Buck, uh, the, the final Ale Cut recording, we covered that Buck Cherry song, Whiskey in the Morning. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but anyway, this is like 10 years before that. So Seth is like, I'm going to stage dive during whiskey in the morning. And this is at the paradise who has the most anti stage diving rule ever. Right. So, so it's like, I know I'm going to get kicked out. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to stage dive during whiskey in the morning. And they played it second. <laughs> so, so Seth's not a fucking poser. So he staged the fuck out of that dive and got the fuck thrown out during that second song. <laughs> and, well, I some other <laughs> shit happened, but you probably shouldn't talk about it. So yeah, uh, that was yeah, that's a funny story, right? I I, I stayed and watched the whole show myself because I'm a dick and I don't go with my friends when they need to go to the hospital because I'm an asshole. So <laughs> if I, um, you never know what conversations are going on this table. I didn't yeah, think we'd be right. talking about Buck Cherry for seven minutes, but no. here we are. No, it was That's a good a... show, dude. Buck Cherry at the Paradise—that was a good for the old Paradise. That was a good show, dude. <laughs> Buck, the second Buck Cherry album, like sixty percent of it is really good. The other forty percent is gay as shit, but sixty percent of it is really as long as it's sixty forty, you're good. <laughs> I'm gonna like go home and grab the CD and come back here tonight and just point out all the good riffs on that album. I have to check it out tomorrow. Oh, sure. you I never YouTube. I'll point out to you. Is that like? But when you were writing "Fucking A," was that kind of like one of those things? Like, dude, we got to fucking. What would Buck Cherry no, do? No, Buck Cherry you know? nothing to do with that. No, um, no, 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 no. That, dude, that's just... I, nobody's going to believe me. That's just where our heads are at, man. Like, we wanted to be a Motley Crue, so we wrote that album, but we're anal cunt, so it came out sounding like Venom. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I 
<laughs> no, dude, that's it was awesome. badass. That was man. just where I had. It was nothing like cranking that my was band just demo we... in a box at the beach. Exactly. Fucking great riff. Fucking one of your best solos you. you've ever done, dude. Fucking fucking outstanding. Where did I hit a judge? Fucking loudest stereo on the block, kid. If he's... Oh shit, guy. He's gonna keep naming off songs that I wrote the riffs for the good riffs. You don't have to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please continue. I uh, mean, no, seriously, though, that's this is this is where our heads are at. You know? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like we're like, oh yeah, we'll be rock stars if we rip off Motley Crue. You know, it was just that's that's just what we felt like playing, yeah. and we did. And you know what? It worked. We we. Yeah, I mean, he he lived long enough. We we actually did a fucking a tour, and it was awesome. I, I, I saw the video of the Oakland show. Those, Not that dude, I watched the, the whole Oakland, Oakland set. Uh, look, I, I love Dan Hashtrash, but that video sounds like ass. There's yeah. way better videos from that tour. Uh, um, the, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Don't worry about it. It's just the French say. doors. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Oakland show. It did because he's right on stage. Seth falls on it uh, at some point. <laughs> Fucking Seth like, yeah. post coma. Seth used to fall down at every show. It's not a big deal. Everyone used to freak out like, "Oh my god!" It's like, no, dude. <laughs> he tripped. He fell. His legs don't work. Just a Tuesday Get night. Slipped on water. But, but here's the thing: is right. He he'd slip, but he wouldn't miss a beat. No, he wouldn't. That's you know, the fucking crazy you know, thing. It was crazy. He'd be like upside down on his forehead, but he'd still be screaming his ass off. And that, that was my thing. It was like, as long as his voice sounds good, I don't care what the hell else is wrong with him. You know, like, as long as he sounds good. Like, and he's always sounded good, man. He wouldn't never retort if he thought he sounded like shit. And I never met someone so self-conscious of their own voice. You know? No shit. Yeah. He, he, what did he think though of like other bands like uh, like being like wicked fucking obsessed though like what like what what do you mean like all right like anal blast comes to mind like immediately like I'm like oh that band's well, such a fucking tribute to fucking what you guys well, are doing first of all I I and I love Don I don't agree with your premise I don't think anal blast other than the name sounds like anything like anal cunt anal no blast, you got me on that you got me on I that. well okay but normally I wouldn't give a shit because I think most grindcore bands are boring ripoffs but anal blast. They're old school, man. Um, I saw Anal Blast in 94 at the Milwaukee Metal Fest. Yeah. They played both days first at noon. No shit. Noon. Two days in a row. Ooh, okay. Fucking Jack I, I didn't even I didn't even see either set because, you know, you know me. Who the fuck am I going to be up at noon in Milwaukee, right? So, But but, but somebody gave me that demo. They, they, they're, they're a straight-up grindcore band. They're nothing like AC, man. I actually tracked down... I Because I lost all my shit so many times. I actually tracked down a copy of the demo from some kid in fucking Russia. Really? Yeah, and bought one off of eBay just because I missed my own copy. And fucking... Yeah, that was a good demo, man. Way better than their records. Yeah, the Vaginal Vampire thing. Yeah, like, the, the, those, the uh, anal. Have you heard the demo? The, is the, that the thing with Joey Johnson or whatever? I think. Yeah, I think it's him. The Puss Blood Pentagram demo. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That is the shit, dude. No shit. So I don't, you know, they're but but they're a straight up grindcore band. You know, I mean, don't they, speak they very highly like of Seth. Though. They have notes and chords and A's and B's and F's and C's and D's. You know, anal kind of is just noise. Well, not. Completely noise, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, more of a fuck you. Yeah, it's just like you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play some noise, and then we're not gonna play some noise because <laughs> some of you only like noise, so fuck you too. And 
Some of you only like notes. We'll hear some noise. <laughs> All of our fans are gay. There's a reason we wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, but Don Decker did speak very highly of fucking Seth when I, I booked him a couple times up here. And fucking. Did you see him in Stoughton? Oh, no, I was working that night. I know what you're talking Monk about. Street? I was at that show. Yeah, I, I've heard about... Uh, that was the October show. I've heard about that. Uh, all I know is 03. I don't remember. I don't yeah. think it was October. It was like March or No, something. it was October because I was <laughs> No, it definitely was March, dude. Really? March of 03. Stoughton, Monk Street. Oh, I'm thinking of fucking Jared's place and fucking down no. there in fucking Attleboro. I'm talking about thing. Monk Street and Stoughton. Oh, God. Anal Blast played Stoughton. No shit. Larry's, Larry Lifeless' daughters were at the show. <laughs> I, can, I can prove it. <laughs> As they said hi to me. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like, though, fucking basically uh, coming back from fucking tour for, for fucking A? Like, where were you guys going to go from that and... Well, oh, know. from the last tour? Yeah. Well, we were... Uh, I mean, you guys didn't hate each other at the end of it, Oh, right? hell no. I mean, you know, it's just ready to fucking We never ass. hated... Even when we hated each other, we didn't hate each other. I mean, we never all hated each other at this... It was usually Seth and whoever our drummer was. That was usually the problem, but uh, Seth and I had some fights, too. But nope. Anyway, no. At the end of that tour, nobody hated each other. Um, we were supposed to hit the road. We were supposed to go to Europe like a few weeks after that tour ended. And, um, well, long story short, it it got fucked up. So we didn't go. And, uh, part of me always wonders what would have happened if, because Seth died while we should have been on that tour. And part of me wonders what would have happened if we'd actually made that tour, you know? If it, if it fucking would have gave out anyway. Or... So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I really don't like... Uh, you know Trend Kill Records out of France? No. Uh, no. Well, yeah, that guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't buy anything from France. They suck. Why? What happened there? That was a well, sweet no, segue. Okay. We had a Europe tour booked. Okay. A sh- like a mini tour, like like six days. And we had actually signed to Trendkill Records. They were supposed to license uh, fucking A and um, We're Not a Welcome in Europe. And he was also going to book a Europe tour. And the Trendkill guy said, uh, oh, well... I don't want you guys doing this first tour. I want my tour to be exclusive. Blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we're like, all right, that's kind of gay, but all right, whatever. And then he fucked up the whole tour. He he was booking it around the fact that we were going to play Hellfest. And us and uh, Destroyer 666 got kicked off Hellfest because the mayor of Clisson or the only reason I even know that name is because of the Phil shit that's been happening. Yeah, I know. Anyway, (laughs) what we were told, I don't know how true this is, but what we were told was the mayor of that town said these two bands can't play. 
and hunt and destroy 666. So we got kicked off the tour. So uh, the the Trend Kill Records guy used that as an excuse to cancel the entire tour, even though he'd already made us cancel a fully booked tour just so he could be the exclusive AC the Exclusive booker. cancellation. So anyway, he completely fucked us over, and then Seth died. So now I'm not going to blame him for Seth dying, but there is a part of me that wonders, like... Did he have a broken heart? What no, the fuck? Well, no, not that. But <laughs> broken If we heart. had been over there and partying and, and whatnot, if we just, you know... A different environment. Maybe he'd probably be dead by now anyway, but he wouldn't have died that day. Yeah. You know? I, I, mean, I don't know. I don't like French people. I don't like collaborators. <laughs> I don't like Clisson. Or French collaborators. I don't like the fucking guy that books Hellfest. <laughs> anyway, I hope you lose all your money. I hope Black Sabbath... No, I don't, because I've got tickets to see him, too. But... I hope Black Sabbath rips you off somehow. I was going to say I hope Black Sabbath <laughs> dies, but no, I have tickets to see them, too. I love no. Black Sabbath. I would never... I just hate that guy, so... I saw a picture of him. He was wearing like a business shirt, but you could see all his tattoos underneath it. Like, <laughs> I hate that. Is his favorite band Roadsaw? Uh, either that or Tree or Sandbox Church. <laughs> tree? One of those horrible 90s bands. <laughs> Only living They were on movies. everything in the 90s. Every fly you saw in had Tree Boston, on it. Well, yeah. Dude, I mean, Did you go to a funeral for stuff? Yeah. I flew up here. I I was living in I was hiding in Texas at the time. <laughs> yeah. Um honestly, I was afraid I wouldn't be even able to make it up here cuz um at the, uh, at the end of uh what turned out to be the final tour, um you know, Seth and I were living in the same place and I had uh I had a lot of warrants up for my arrest. So I, I I got a call from Seth's uh wife one morning, she's like, dude, the cops just kicked in the door looking for you. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I can't go home. Anyway, I'd met some girl on the road. So, you know how it is. Girls on the road. Somewhere so, to crash. Exactly. So I'm like, hey, Seth, this is like two days. No, this was like second or third to last show to tour. Oh, hey, Seth, man. Because basically, I was staying at Seth's place. And I was like, hey, dude, like the cops just kicked in the door looking for me. Your wife just called me. Like, uh, I'm not coming home with you guys when this tour is over. <laughs> and he's like, all right, man, do what you got to do, you know? And two days later, it was the what turned out to be the last show in Cleveland. Awesome show. We got a chick on stage. She. Took her shirt off. She gave Seth a blowjob on stage. I'm not even making this up. There's pictures. <laughs> Seth got a blowjob on stage at his final show. Nice. I mean, come on. Oh, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, Top God, of the food chain. Damn. Uh, granted, she had pancake tits, but still, was, she wasn't fat. She wasn't fat. So you know. It's only a blowjob. No worries. So, yeah. I mean, I was like, if you have to have a last show. Especially if you're an ale cunt. That's not as cool as it can get, you know? I'm fucking Cleveland, man. That was not as class. Yeah, it was a good show. God, so, but, oh, here's the funny part. 
Right. Because that wasn't awesome. <laughs> no. <laughs> it gets better. <laughs> Let the tape run for two minutes. Hold on. Earlier in the beginning of the tour, right, Seth had been banging this, this chick in Virginia who was legitimately hot. And her brother... I might be getting some of the exact details wrong, but it was something like her brother lived in Cleveland or near Cleveland or something like that. Anyway, she came to the show where Seth was getting blown on stage <laughs> thinking she was Seth's new girlfriend. Oh, oh, damn. Thinking she, now, meanwhile, Seth has a wife at home. (laughs) (laughs) So, side bitch had a side bitch. So, so, so she shows up to the the finals, what turned out to be the final show in Cleveland. You know, we're all like being nice to her. Yeah, because she, she, you know, there was nothing wrong with her. She she was cool. She was hot. She had nice tits. I would have banged her. You know, (laughs) <laughs> Seth, Seth gets that blowjob on stage, right? So fucking she. Here's I'll tell you what. Here's what we heard from the doorman later on that evening, is um, yeah, um, he said some girl that says she knew you was just running out of here in tears as fast as she could run. Like I don't know what that was about, but she told us to tell you to fuck off (laughs) he's just like oh (laughs) whatever i just got head on stage (laughs) so yeah um that's that's awesome i mean i don't mean to give the impression we were like motley crew or anything but there was a few funny nights you know what i mean like I don't think Motley Crue got head on stage. I don't know. That's pretty I good. I bet they did in the early days. Maybe. Maybe. I saw Motley Crue on the Girls, Girls, Girls tour at the Madison Square Garden. He, Nikki Six actually writes about it in the Heroin Diaries. said it was one of the best shows of the tour. Yeah. Oh, shit. I read that fucking, the song uh, Home Sweet Home was written on the same piano that Freddie Mercury wrote fucking Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, did you give me three more shots? I'll start singing that song into your microphone. You're lucky (laughs) I didn't, I almost did it just now. Well, fucking, but the story goes, I think it was in the dart even. They said that fucking uh, uh, Freddie Mercury was getting blown the whole time. He was uh, fucking tracking fucking Bohemian Rhapsody. Fucking getting a fucking BJ from some dude or whatever. And then fucking cruise that same fucking piano. Dude, if we had had the recording budgets that those guys had, we would have all been shooting dope and getting laid while under the... Well, he had to dude, get... when we recorded fucking A, I had to pay for my own dope. That fucking sucked, dude. He I had, had to sneak off into the bathroom like I was a common person. Like, it was fucking God damn. Well, half no. Hey, fuck it. It is what it is, dude. You got to do what you got to do to survive. I mean, solo. I mean, fucking. I mean, you guys definitely beat out fucking Gang Green with all the cocaine on that fucking uh, that scripture there, if you want to call it. I was in jail when they took those pictures. Right. I, I regret missing that. Yeah, you talking about the fucking A picture? Yeah. yeah, I wasn't there. I was in jail when they did that shit. I missed those two chicks. You know, one of the chicks was Seth's wife, but the other two chicks. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Tim knew those chicks. Tim got those. Tim, I've seen Tim tell a girl to put her clothes back on. (laughs) I'm not even exaggerating. 
He has a daughter, so every girl reminds him of his daughter. Every time, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was just like, dude. Uh, oh, I wish you waited till I was out of jail to take those pictures. Ah, whatever. You know what? I, I like the pick of me when you open the record up anyway. <laughs> you know, like five people give a shit anyway. Fucking best work you ever did, though. So fucking, um, we got to kind of wrap this up but real quickly. I gotta tell you though, if all the fucking fucked up, misogynistic, fucking racist, fucking hey, crazy, fucking what do you call shit, a black? Jew? Uh, what do you say to a black Jew? I don't know. Get in the back of the oven. <laughs> so fucking after all, every every fucking you know imaginable horrific song title that you do, you share on Facebook the other day uh, that you you finally registered the vote and you can't believe that a Jew took you. The no, song. I can't. <laughs> Furthermore, too, though, I wanted to ask you. Uh, you've been I fucking... like Bernie, man. Bernie's a man. He's great. Bernie says a lot of shit that I agree. You know what really got me with him was uh, when he finally, well, not him finally, but a politician finally came out against for-profit prisons. Yeah. That's my issue, right? Yeah. Now, I know it's not a major issue, but that's my fucking issue. It's fucked up and your for life. for once... For the first time ever, really, a politician spoke to it. So fuck yeah, man. I mean, he wants to legalize pot and ban people that make money off of inmates. So I'm he's got my vote. I don't care if he's a fucking Jew. And he's not really a Jew. He's only a Jew by birth. That guy believes in God about as much as I do. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't he's not really a Jew. He's just Jew by birth he's not really you know he's not stupid like fucking ted cruz and shit you know like ted cruz is a true believer that's what scares that's the scared, shit yeah. out of me yeah no shit yeah but you've also fucking gotten uh you, you've enrolled uh, you signed up for uh the donald trump mailing list you went to the fucking rally and oh, i didn't West just Coast. enroll yeah i bought tickets <laughs> they were free i didn't buy them but dude you can get tickets to a trump rally like all you gotta do is go on his website they're free as shit as long as you just get in line fast enough. Yeah. Like, Didn't he have a rally in Vermont? Fifteen hundred seat venue. He gave out ten thousand tickets. No shit. Well, no, they're really? all they're all free. That's. Oh yeah, they gave out ten thousand for all... a fifteen hundred seat arena. Oh. Really? Oh wow. Okay. No <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. In Mass. I'll tell you, in Mass, he didn't need any help, but. Fucking Ernie Buck Jr. is all over him now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that the guy that's always on the Phantom Gourmet? Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck him and his... He's a fucking car salesman. He's a total... He's just Rubio that owns a car dealership. Fuck him. Dude, what do you think about Rubio uh, allegedly being fucking uh, gay? Being a fucking... I, uh, I honestly... I just heard those rumors for the first time earlier today. I don't really care if they're true or not. He's 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 a twelve year old in a suit. And <laughs> even the Republicans know that. He has no chance of winning. Um... Uh, I just hope Trump beats Cruz because as fucked up as Trump is, he scares me a lot less than Cruz. <laughs> Cruz is a true believer. Those are the guys you got to worry about. Yeah. Uh, oh, shit. And just to wrap things up with a final plug, the the band that you're uh, most currently fucking working with is fucking Fuckface. You just came around, you did a tour with them? I'm in two them. bands. I'm in Fuckface is uh, my grindcore band. Um, well, they're not my band. Fuckface is a grindcore, noisecore, whatever band from Philly. Um, I've been playing guitar with them. They're fucking awesome. Um, 
me and myself, I've been playing straight metal, but I find uh, an itch to play noisecore once in a while. And these guys are awesome. They fucking rule. We fucking rule. We made a demo. We're going to make an album later this year. Um, I'm in like a straight up metal band with Nate from AC and another buddy of mine on bass. And we're called Failure Clinic. And hopefully we'll have a demo done sometime soon. I don't know. I'm the laziest motherfucker on the planet. So. <laughs> Are you driving again so you can at least get to practice? I, I, I need a beer, too. <laughs> I think we're out of beer, bud. Seriously? Yeah. Is there open? What time is it? It's fucking past 10. You got whiskey? A little whiskey. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to bed soon, though, bro. <laughs> I can't even be up early in the morning for work. You going to be able to make it? Yeah. Don't die. Don't die. If I'm going to die, it ain't going to be the way you think. (laughs) (laughs) Josh, thanks for being here tonight, though. Honestly, bro. Honestly. I really appreciate it. No, no problem, man. Thanks for having me, dude. (laughs) Uh, I love talking about this shit, man. Everyone always asks the same stupid questions. What are your influences? You guys are funny. (laughs) How do you think you guys got away with being so offensive? What does grindcore mean to you? Okay, what does grindcore mean to me? I mean, so it means a lot of napalm that album 25 years ago. <laughs> Can I tell one side story before you close? Yeah, absolutely. We played a show with you back in 06, maybe 07. And it was our second show. Worcester, I think. No, I mean, what club? Uh, Oasis, I think. Probably. Oasis. Was I in the band? I don't know. We played with Anal Cunt. We had a huge flyer with anal kind of logo big ac logo up top the show in oxford no it's it was at uh it was in worcester <laughs> billiards it was yeah, a billiards, billiards place oh, london seven. billiards okay oh seven that's, then. that's club Early oasis though. Yeah. yeah all right that was me yeah all right club oasis in the back flyers got a big ac and i'm a, I'm in a band called drive by bukaki and it's it was like oh, this i remember that band. okay it was this small yeah. logo on our flyer we so we're putting up flyers in the stores and you guys have like such an offensive band name Anal cunt. The, the the store owner's like, does that little font say Bukaki? It was like such a small font. We can't hang this poster up. So like, I just oh, thought, yeah. <laughs> not for the big AC logo That's at the funny, top. Because like, just in a the little tiny. In the mid nineties in Boston, <laughs> me and Seth used to go around like Alston and shit, putting up flyers because we were looking for a drummer. Right. It was back before the internet, you know. And all the second we walked out of the store, all our flyers got ripped down because because we made like this a flyer like like a fucking uh uh. I'm I'm saying this in the most metaphorical way, but like a, a jigaboo drummer, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, that was the, that was the picture I put, and, and then at the bottom it said, "You must be smarter than your girlfriend," because our last drummer wasn't so smart, you know. And then, oh man. Um, <laughs> Oh. I didn't mean to cut off your ending. I had, I had, <laughs> no, I had, no, I had you know to. The worst part is I, I actually had a second half to that story. <laughs> I was like, fucking stoned. I forgot what it was. Uh, life goes on. <laughs> Just a little bit of weed breaks you oh, down. Oh man, Zeus is off. Fucking thanks for being here. Everybody, go check out Josh's work with Anal Cunt, Adolf Satan, Fuckface, Failure Clinic, which should be recorded soon. Fucking uh, Impaled Northern Moon Forest. Jesus Christ. Fucking oh, the Picnic of Love it. fucking album. <laughs> Picnic of Love album is worth your time. It, Spotify has all that shit now. And uh, it'll, Spotify has Impaled Northern Moon Forest? 
No, no. They, Spotify has fucking anal cunt. They got the full catalog just about fucking. And that's how it's awesome because we don't get a cent of it. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Gaga doesn't even get a cent from it. So don't even sweat it. Cheers, man. Dude, it's all for free on YouTube. Fuck Spotify. Fuck iTunes. I will make sure that shit is always available for free.